When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At any point when he comes to the Lakers, Draymond, we're going to make this happen. God, at any point, Bro, wait, we're going to reunite. tampering? Wait. Players can't tamper. We're going to get a Venmo right, from him when the league comes. Welcome out of pocket of Buckets Original. I'm the Jethro Jenkins. Josiah Johnson Sr. Zach Schwartz. We have a special guest. My guy, Juan. Yeah, How you doing, man? Very well, man. We got a crowd. We got clap it up, clap it up. We got a studio audience now. We, we really Zach, tell them what type of show it is. It's a weekly NBA review show. You can watch it on YouTube. You can listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow us at Buckets. You know the deal at this point. Saw a video you did with the Lakers. Said you like to shower and brush your teeth. That's like your pregame ritual before every game. In my experience, like musty mouth funky dudes are generally harder to guard just because of that scent and that breath. But you coming out there fresh smelling, teeth all nice and shiny. Do you feel like that puts you at a competitive disadvantage at all? You know what, bro? It really, I never even thought about it in regards to like guarding other people. It's really out of consideration for other people. Like I'm talking to, I not that I have stinky breath, but I've been around people that yeah. have stinky breath and they don't know that their breath stinks. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that my breath never stinks. No, my breath is hot. So that's okay. why I keep a good <laughs> yeah. It's like he's got it's the chair over. I'm, I'm old. It's You're good at high now. I've never smelled I've it. I've never that smelled it. Like, I keep my distance. I don't ever. But if we're guarding each other, it's going to be something you, oh, okay. It's going to be like, oh, I'm just breathing on you. <laughs> you know, see, you can be a hard critic. Like I tell people, it's people, your breath may not smell fresh, but then it's people who breath yeah. stinks. But like, the ones with the stinkiest breath generally want to be the ones that talk to club. Talk the most. And they're in your face like, oh, Wow! you for that consideration. I'm sure you know defenders too as well because I'm you know I'm sure there's a lot of dudes in the league <laughs> who don't follow that regimen that you follow. For sure, yeah. I mean everybody eating stuff before the game. You know, I just I like to feel good, man. You know what they say: look good, feel good, play good. Okay, yeah, I sure, respect that. Sure. I respect that. So you grew up in Cali, grew up in Oakland. You yep. know, respect. You feel me? Who was it that you looked up to growing up? Like, who were the guys that you played with that you looked up to? In regards to basketball, yes, bro, I didn't really look up to no basketball players growing up. I really, I grew up different than. I mean, <laughs> Who was you looking up I'm to? Different. I mean, I grew up to the dope boys. I, I mean, you know, I, that's who I looked up to. That's what I grew up around. I grew up to you know people side shows and shit like that. Like, you know, that that was my that was my reality. Yeah. You know, uh, I was walking back and forth to the boys and girls club, but I mean, there it was. Nobody was talking about like these pros, these musicians, like that was just something for us to do. Nobody was really shedding that light on us that we could be bigger than what, you know, what we were seeing. So I didn't really have no idols like that I wanted to be like, yeah, Allen Iverson was a guy that I liked in basketball. Kobe was somebody that I liked, but I never anticipated that. One, I would be playing in the NBA. Two, let alone be as great as these guys. So I didn't really have that type of like idolization. Do you feel like sports or basketball help keep you out that street? Like, do you ever wonder, like, if it wasn't for you being able to excel at basketball, kind of where your life would have gone and what trajectory would have been on? Yeah, for sure. I mean, at that moment in time growing up, like, I didn't want to do that stuff. Okay. Like, I mean, my friends did that stuff. My family members did that stuff. I didn't want to do that stuff. I mean, I've been through stuff in my life that showed me, like, I would rather live a peaceful life, not mm -hmm. looking over my shoulder, not, you know, living a paranoid life 
Now, as I got older, um, yes, basketball kept me away from that because at this point, it's like sink or swim. Like, you got to get it. You know, and not everybody that's out there committing crimes are bad people. Yeah. So Some people are just products of their, you know, situations, their environments. And so I could have potentially been a product of my environment or my situation. Like, I've been homeless three times in my life, mm. you know. So um, if I was homeless at the age of 22, 23, it's like, all right, well, what am I going to do? I got to get out and get it. I got to figure it out. However, I had basketball that, you know, provided um, a life for me, you know, uh, a buffer kind of. You know, even when financially things ain't going the best in the basketball world, you know, whether you're playing in Czechoslovakia or Mongolia or Australia, like it's still like a, a life vest. Like you still kind of just floating through life, figuring it out, as opposed to somebody who's living at home. They got bills to pay. Some people got kids. So as a kid, to answer your question, as a kid, no, not necessarily, but as an adult, for sure. Okay. So the number 95, odd number. Why do you choose that number? Uh, Cause that's the street I grew up on. That's my hood. That's Rapping. that's our that's our home base. You know, my grandpa came to Mexico or came from Mexico, nineteen fifties maybe. Yeah, got that house. We still got that house. Respect. Yeah. You know, so that's just home base for us. That's always gonna. I mean, as far if it's up to me, that house ain't going nowhere. That house is always gonna be in our possession. So. Uh, that's just where the dreams are made. Do you still have a, like a moment of pause when you walk into uh, like an NBA locker room and see the ninety five in your locker hanging up? Like, is it still, or has it faded a little bit? Nah, it's never gonna fade. I'm Good. appreciative every day, man. Shit, I'm from East Oakland, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> it ain't it ain't a lot. You know, positive things happen out of there. So, like, when I even when I see my name on the back, back of a jersey, I'm like, damn, that's dope. Right, right. Like, that's my name. You know, people want to buy my jersey. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm always just reminded of those little things on a day-to-day -day basis. So you're a Kobe fan, so got to know. You, you were a Lakers fan growing up? No, sir. <laughs> were you a Kobe Let fan? Let that be no. a Kobe fan, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm a LeBron guy, so I can understand. See, I can get down so, with that. So, so, like, Kobe Nike shirts, no Lakers jerseys? Where did, we, where did you draw the line? I got one Lakers jersey. I yeah. mean, it's a Kobe jersey. Yeah. And my mom actually bought that for me when I was probably, like, a sophomore in high school. Never wore it, though. It still hasn't been worn to this day. <laughs> okay. And that just goes to show you, like, Kobe's like my so guy, but I'm not going to put on a Lakers jersey because, I mean, I grew up in Oakland. I'm a Warriors fan. So what was it like? Obviously, you get getting to play for the Warriors, but my pops played for the Warriors for like a good 10 games. I live in Alameda for like two, three months, same gated community as Chris Mullen. But I'm just saying like, and, and back then team was, it was okay. It was the TMC era. So the team was all right. But there was a stretch obviously before the squad got good and this, this dynasty happened. So what was it like going to Warriors games during that point in time when it was just like, y'all weren't making the playoffs. You know, have some good players. We can never really get the, the squads together. So what was that like as a fan for you? I didn't really care too much whether they won or lost. Um, I was still understanding the game at that point. I grew up in a Mexican family, so it was pretty much soccer. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, my whole growth in basketball is all, like, organic, natural growth. Like, nobody taught me how to shoot. Okay. Nobody taught me how to, like, finish. Nobody Like, none of the shit that I know about basketball, nobody taught me. So, where'd you, where'd you learn Self -taught. it? Self-taught. Okay. Wow. You just Through experiences. Okay. Now, yeah, I soaked up some game from people here and there, but, like, I mean, I see kids, like, they're coming to the NBA and their form is like immaculate. Right. It's like, damn, somebody taught you that. For sure. Nobody taught me how to shoot. I remember one of my coaches actually in high school, he, this is for verbatim, why the fuck do you shoot like that? 
<laughs> like, damn. He didn't try to help you, though? He just <laughs> asked you that and left you hanging. Why, why, why you, you left at you like that? that? So, um, at that time, I didn't really care about basketball. I was just enjoying the games. We used to go to the games. They was like $10 a ticket, free hot dog, free drink. Okay. You That's know, a good deal, though. Me and my cousins mobbing to the games. We walking to BART, walking across the bridge. You know, like, if you're from the town, then you know about those experiences. Already, yeah, I already know. Yeah. I've had that experience as well. You know, so, it was a good time. I was, we was just enjoying, you know, some close to free shit that we could afford. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As far as learning the game goes, uh, you went to Marquette. And I first got to ask, how did you choose Marquette? And second, <laughs> I got to ask, why did you not choose ASU? I worked on your scouting and the, the, the scouting that we did and recruiting of you. So if you could kind of share yeah. those two. I mean, shit, recruitment was a whirlwind for me, bro. It's kind of hectic. Going back to, like, I didn't have – my mom don't know anything about recruitment. My family don't know anything about that. Yeah. We don't know what we're looking for so. when we're going through the recruitment process. So it's all newfound ter- territory for us. My mom just wanted me to get a good education and somewhere, like, I was going to be safe. You know, growing up, going back, growing up in East Oakland, like, you know, you're a wild child. You're figuring it out. So she wanted to make sure I wasn't in an environment that – was just so free flowing where it was just like my son can just, you know, lose himself. She wanted to make sure I was with somebody who was gonna make sure I went to class, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I just wanted to play. Yeah. yeah. So just to make a long story short, <laughs> we was on our recruitment visit to Arizona State. That was actually where I wanted to go for a moment. They put up their uh, graduation rate, 37% closed book for my mom. Zach, did you, who, I did not Zach, put that book Zach. together. I was, no, Zach, no. Did you I was, see that and not son, he didn't prep it? All of a sudden no, no. he didn't prep it. I was in charge of like reservations and like making sure things like that went along. I was up at like 6 a.m. making sure everything went smooth. So I know who messed that up and I'll be sending a message. I know that's not your fault, Zach. I know you had it cracking. You had the social yeah. life and the nightlife definitely going. You know, yeah. Yeah. Now he got game. Completely, but definitely, you know, <laughs> uh, certain aspects. Uh, manager could have. But, but it's, you know what I'm saying? So I know that wasn't on you. So you go to Marquette, right? Yeah. But wait, wait. I had a great time at ASU. The visit was, that was my best visit for Thank sure. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Big time. Tempe, Tempe, Arizona versus Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, man. What was it like coming from East Bay, coming from East Oakland, having to now go to Milwaukee? Uh, you know what, my OG, Remy Young, he always, you would tell me, you know, worst case scenario, go to a school where you could see yourself living if you're not playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay. That went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee ain't that bad, is no, it? No. It's, it's gotten a lot better. And yeah, Milwaukee's yeah. a cool city. Yeah, the yeah. people there are amazing. It's my second home. They still, you know, call it, they still show me so much love. But I didn't realize how important that was. Again, like, this is all newfound territory. This ain't, nobody's lacing me with this game on a day-to-day basis. My dad ain't around. My dad ain't sitting there talking to me like, hey, son, like, this is what you're looking for. This is, you know, allowing me to understand the game. You know, it's different when somebody's just, hey, bro, do this, that, and the third, and right. then you go on about your life, and I go on my daily life, and three, four days pass by, and then I might see you again, you might say something, as opposed to you sitting down at the dinner table with your parents, it's like, hey, son, 
this is how things are going. This is what we're breaking down. This is our thought process. Like it allows you to process thoughts and think things through in at a different way. You know what I'm saying? And I got hurt when I got there, bro. It was snowing and shit. It was <laughs> it's I mean, cold it, as hell. It is bro. cold as shit different in Milwaukee. Oh, uh, it's different type of cold, bro. I yeah. mean, you ride on the lake. Negative four na uh, normal weather could go to like negative 25 from the wind chill. Humans shouldn't even live like that, bro. Hey, like, hey, I wasn't going to class in 80 degree weather, so I already know. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not putting you on the spot, but shit, my ass would have been right in the room. No, I went <laughs> to class different. every day. I, honestly, I like to learn, bro. I like school. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. School was a good time. I'll say that about Marquette. Great school, great education, um, very interactive. It was cool. I got some great, uh, great professors that I'm really appreciative of. For sure. You talk about Buzz Williams in that yeah. boot camp. You feel what I'm saying? Like, uh -huh. you said it's the hardest thing you've ever done. Bro, Physically, what was going yeah. on in that boot camp, G? It's it's weird, bro. Uh, so, I mean, to make another long story short, it's a 12 days. You get two off days, I Is think. Is it preseason or individuals? It's um, preseason. Individuals, then boot camp. Okay, okay. And uh, the last day of boot camp is Midnight Madness. Oh, okay. So to get your gear for the season, you got to make it through boot camp. If you don't make it through boot camp, you either going to quit or you're just not going to get your gear, one or the other. Sheesh. So it's 12 days total. Two or three days have two sessions. Each day, the first day starts at like 7.10. Each day gets six minutes earlier. So second day is 7.04, oh. third day 6.58, and so forth. By the, by the last day, you That's end crazy. there at 4.30 a.m. Because, I mean, you got to get in there, warm your body up, stretch, activate. You know, do you can't, I mean, you're going through boot camp, fam, after the fourth day. Like, you like, damn, I don't even want to hoop no more. <laughs> Real talk. Yeah, real, real. real talk. I'm like, I'm supposed to you to quitting, you know what I'm saying? No, after the third day, I called my mom like, you know, this shit's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, in grand scheme of things, it is worth it. But, you know, as an 18-year-old kid, you're like, I'm just trying to hoop. Right, right. Why yeah, am this I ain't basketball. This ain't basketball. Me, right. But um, that's why Buzz Williams' teams were so successful because we didn't ever have the most skilled players, but we had that camaraderie. And that's something you can't, like, authenticate or replicate. That's something that has to be created. Mm -hmm. And it was created in boot camp because, okay, uh, make another long story short, we got the schedule to run. So for every game, you got to run a sprint. By the fourth game, you got to have three lines with two guys. You got to have the big guy in this line by himself with somebody else, and he got to make it. Okay, so how are we going to do this? And you got 30 seconds to think about it while you oh, dead wow. tired. So everybody's like, at this point, fuck, we got 10 seconds. We ain't figured out. All right, go here. I'll just run this by myself. Mental and physical and challenge. Yes. You feel me so right you run it and your teammates are gaining that trust from you because it's like, oh, shit. Like he put himself in the fire and he made it. That's respect. Uh, you gain a lot of respect in boot camp, bro. Boot camp is really the trenches. So did you see people not make boot For camp? For sure. And, I seen people. They put a bell in there. You ring the bell. Ooh, that's oh, like you uh, tap quit. out? That's quick. Jeez. Oh. So they the off bell. the team. Like you just... You might as well quit because nobody going to respect you after that. Wow. So it's not just for Buzz. You're doing this for the you're team, too. You quit it on It ain't even for Buzz. Right, right, right. It's for the team camaraderie, and that's why he's doing it. I mean, he's a smart dude. He know what yeah. he's doing. I mean, he's a great coach for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, he's building character within guys. So as you got older there, what was it like when, when the new dudes would come in? Because I'm going to be real, my college basketball experience, we had it was rough. <laughs> it was hard, but it wasn't like shit, 4.30 in the morning. Like the earliest one was like 7 and we got McDonald's afterwards. Oh, that's so light. Was, we was always oh, like, oh, we got these magma muffins, so we're going to do it. But <laughs> coming in and seeing guys having to make that that transition from high school to college, not knowing what the fuck's going on, you give them a heads up or you just kind of let, let them get thrown into the fire and see how they react? You can't really even give nobody a heads up, bro. It's hard because how do you even... <laughs> explain that shit like Jeez. bro you're gonna be mentally and emotionally broken and you just gotta withstand this storm that you he gonna break you yeah 
Like, that's what he want to do. He's trying to break you. Yeah. He's trying to test your nuts, you know, see where you stand. Are you strong enough to – I mean, the Big East is it's, – it's a real deal. For sure. You know, when the Big East was the Big East, I mean, it's still good teams in there, but you playing against pros every night, ESPN mm -hmm. every night. You know, shit, one-point games. Like, can you withstand this storm with us? Are you going to stand in this fire with us? You know, are you going to be able to press the whole game with us? Yeah. Or when the game's on the line, are you going to be able to execute? And that's how he thought it. Are you in the league if you go to ASU? I don't know. I'll tell you this. We did not have boot camp. We had annoying <laughs> practices, but we did not have that stuff. And so, like, for that to have shaped you, I think that that helped you get to the league. Yeah. I mean, you know, different paths. Sometimes I always think, like, man, had I went to a school where the ball was put in my hands, I would have developed at, at a different rate. I mean, sure. when I was coming out of high school, I was a six six point guard. You know what UCLA – Asked Kyle Anderson to come in and do, you know, be the point guard. I was two years before him. That's what they wanted me to come do at okay. UCLA. Ben Holland was hollering at you? Yes. Oh, you, um, made, you made a good move. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so That offense would have been stagnant. You know, but <laughs> we, yeah, we it's different. It. You know, you can't replicate game experience. Yeah. You know, game experience is a whole different teacher. For sure, for sure. You can work on your game as much as you want. Yeah. But if you're not in the game, like, you're not going to have those same experiences, that same savvy. So uh, sometimes I just wish I would have went to a school where – I would have been able to just make mistakes and yeah. learn. Mm -hmm. You know, take game winners and miss. Damn, all right. Right. I ain't never made a game winner in my life. I've only had the chance to shoot a game winner probably twice in my life. Last year with Golden State, it just ended up in my hands. I missed. I can't even remember other times. I never made a game winner in my life. But that's because I went through, you know, a lot of time where the ball wasn't in my hands. I wasn't one of those guys. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, um, I mean, if you're a real competitor, which I am, like, I want those moments. For sure. Yeah. You know, I want to be in those moments. I want to live those moments. That's the shit that, man, it just makes you get up. It lights that fire in you. So, I mean, we could sit here and say, yeah, maybe, but who knows? I just want to say I appreciate that answer because he was setting you up to dunk right nah, on me. So nah, thank you. Nah, I'm just nah, wondering. Nah, I know what you're like doing. It was important to his career. I'm nah, asking I questions. I'm interested. I will it's say this. Like, all the shit I went through, like, post-college, definitely. Uh, boot camp helped mm -hmm. me get to that because I was, like, going through stuff. I'm like, this shit is cakewalk compared to boot camp. Right, right, so right. That undrafted process, what was that like for you? Like, right after college? Yeah. I had basketball. I wasn't even doing that. That was like, that's in the past. You was in the SF league, right? Like pro am league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you went to Mexico. How'd you get to that? How'd you get there? I was actually going to an event. Buzz does. He does something called Buzz's Bunch for um, kids with disabilities. Okay. He had got the job at Virginia Tech. Flew there as soon as I got off the plane. National team uh, texted me like, "Hey, you know, can you come down to Mexico City? Once you come play in pre Olympics." Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about FIBA, so I'm just kind of like, it's whatever. Like, I'm kind of, I'm not blowing it off, but kind of, I'm not taking it as yeah. serious as I should have. Right, right, right. I'm like, well, I'm in Charlotte. They hit me on a Tuesday. I'm like, I'm in Charlotte till Sunday, maybe Monday. All right, we'll buy your ticket Monday morning. I flew back from Charlotte Sunday, got to SF at midnight. Mind you, I live 45 minutes to an hour outside of San Francisco. Drive home, switch out my suitcase, pack all my shit. I'm going to Mexico City at 6 a.m. So I'm at home for four hours. And then the rest is history. Hey, you, you play with Lorenzo Mata out there? Yep. That's my guy. National team. That's my guy. Lomata is one of the biggest legends great dude. in LA history. Yeah. I love that. He's a great dude, man. There was one point he was like top three Latinos in LA. So, nice. from his UCLA time. <laughs> running shit with yeah. dude, getting it cracking. And well, he's we unreal at UCLA. I mean, like, we would, we would be on trips with the dude in airports, and it would be like Selena. Like, I'm just in terms uh, of how, like, like yeah. they would just run up on him, like, yo, we love you, Lomata. So, nah, yeah, I had to, had to ask you that. But you were MVP. You know, two-time All-Star. How did that experience shape you? You know what? I was uh, I had some good coaches in Mexico. 
my rookie year, I played in Mexico, and I played with some good players. We were stacked. Shane Bahannon, I don't know if y'all played mm-hmm. at Cincinnati. Yeah. Monster. Matt Bryan and Manning played at Washington yeah. a few years ago. Like, there was a lot of guys on that team my rookie year. And then I went to another team where I had a really good coach, Spaniard dude, Paco Olmos. He really taught me the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just a wild child running up and down the court, athletic. Hooper. That's what I want to yeah. play. I want to get out in transition. We, I'm gambling for steals. Like, we... That's how I like to play. Slow down, young fella. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to teach you the game, blah, blah. And I think that really helped me develop. And so when I won all those accolades there, it's kind of like, what else is there? I was the highest paid in the league at that time. It was like, you know, I got to do – this can't be it. Mm-hmm. I got to try something else. So what's the atmosphere like with the Liga Nacional de Baloncesto Profesional? Like, <laughs> that sounded amazing. I got to see in Spanish three. I got to see in Spanish three, but I always said <laughs> I, could, degrees, but bro. I could go anywhere in Mexico <laughs> or hold my own. Like anywhere, yeah. anytime I went to Rosarito or whatever, I was, I was going to be good. But what's the atmosphere like playing over there in Mexico versus playing in the NBA arena? You're playing in the trenches there, bro. There's yeah. no rules it's, it's for wild, real. Right? I mean, like when you're playing internationally, like those fans are ruthless. I'm not going to sit here and say just Mexico, but, like, you can go anywhere in the world. Like, you fuck around with the wrong fan, you end up losing your life. Yeah. Like, they're not playing out there. They really they are very passionate about their teams. And that's what I was going to say about Lorenzo. Like, when you go, like, na- internationally, like, these fans, they don't have no ego or no pride. Like, if they like you and love you and they praise you, they're going to show you that love. Mm-hmm. Here in the States, like, I don't want to seem like a groupie. I don't want to seem like a fan. Like, <laughs> extra cool. I get it. That, yeah, extra cool. Niggas don't really show you that love, but – internationally like the, it's the spectrum like they either, they love you and they hate you yeah you know and if you fuck with they who they love they hate you and they gonna rock for who they love yeah, i was gonna say you've played big east you've played over there you've played in the nba give me your three craziest stadiums you've ever played in atmosphere wise um philly's a good one okay it can be anywhere i played in the world anywhere marinos and venezuela okay so mm. i played in venezuela when they were experiencing political turmoil Oh wow! How so, was that experience? Oh, bro, bro. scary is the scariest thing I ever experienced. Like other than hooping? No, you can't. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking. You literally can't. You go out there, they have a whole platoon yeah. chaperoning you, yeah. a whole platoon, and some people are like they're recording, like, "Oh, this shit crazy." And me, I'm sitting here like, "It is crazy, but why do we need this?" Yeah, they was probably chopped up and everything. You oh, know what bro, I'm saying? No, yeah. the army and shit. You say what's up to them, they don't even say nothing to you. They just. Straight face, and it's That's like, spooky, damn, bro. like, yeah, it is scary. Yeah, because you don't know what's, you don't really know what's going on. You're not from there. A lot of my teammates, they don't speak Spanish. Like, so Marinos, Philly's a good one. Boston's a good one. Okay. You know what else I like that's surprising to me? Uh, Phoenix. Interesting. I like their their environment there. It's dope. Yeah, it gets loud in that stadium. Yeah, very loud. They know how to take L's very the fans well. Fans are for real too. <laughs> <laughs> They're very accustomed to this here, man. Just saying. So let's talk about now NBA experience. So you go to the tryout with the Santa Cruz Warriors, mm-hmm. make the Santa Cruz Warriors squad. Warriors sign you, uh, then release you, then bring you on a two-way, then end up converting that back to a regular contract. Just just like the dealing with the ups and downs. Obviously, you're playing over in Mexico, playing in Venezuela. You get this league moment, you get to touch the league. But what's it like dealing with the ups and downs? For a lot of people don't realize how just fucked up it can be on that side. Like, you know, your job is in jeopardy at any point. A guy can get injured or whatever it may be. And, you know, you might you might not be out of a job at that point. So what's it like dealing with that? Uh, your job is r- literally in jeopardy every day, bro. Yeah. I mean, this league is so competitive. I mean, I don't even play right now. I can still get to it. Yeah. You know, so my point being is the nigga on the end of the bench can still get to it. So, so you literally have to walk in that 
gym every day and take your job as seriously as possible. I mean, everybody is trying to get theirs. People trying to get paid is guys like me, me who was I was 27 when I came into the league yeah. who are coming. I'm looking for somebody's spot. Right. So there's guys every day, you know, trying to um, take your spot. And I think that goes back to the boot camp. It's like I'm not going to sit here and act like it don't bother me still. Like, yes, there are my highs and my lows, but it's like this shit, I couldn't sustain this because I've been through things much tougher than this. I mean, at least I'm getting paid still. At least I yeah. get to fly private still. At least, you know, like things, life is good. Yeah, for sure. So that's how I kind of just like maintain the balance in this, you know, crazy world. Because things in the NBA, I tell rookies that come in all the time, like, bro, things change literally overnight in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Literally. I mean, Steph just got hurt yesterday. He's out for a few weeks. I mean, who's going to step up in Steph's place now? Yeah. Now that's the opportunity for somebody to come in. You know what I'm saying? Or, I was going to say, y'all have Matt Ryan on the squad. Feel good story, hitting threes. Then now he's right after here. the game. Right, right, card right, don't work right. again. Now he's in Minnesota. Sheesh. Like, oh, I mean, it's a business. Yeah. Um, and some people like to say it's a cold business, but shit, it's a business. That's just what it is. And you gotta get what you can out of it. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So you're in the league. When was the, the moment you were like, I'm here? Like, What was your you know league moment? I got two. The first one was Brad Bill. It was when I got called up and we going through scout. I started that game. I was guarding a big and then we was talking about a pick and roll, blah, blah. And they made an emphasis like, don't let this guy get going. He sees one goes in, he's going. First one, I fucked up on the pick and roll coverage. Swish. He run off like 12 points in a row. Oh no. St. Louis on, Brad Bill. And it's just like. Good man. It's just like, damn, this, that's the difference in this league. Like guys are getting after it ASAP, quick. Guys like that, like. You can't let them get going. That one possession can change the whole game. He ended the game with like 40. But it's oh. just like that's what coaches talk about in the in the meetings. It's like you got to lock in. Every play matters because now you don't let him get his first two, three shots off. Now it's a different game. How many of that 40 did you get, though? I got to ask. Uh, I got into foul <laughs> trouble early, so I think I got like a good 13, 14. Okay. Okay. Then the rest Damn. handed off. We, we, should, yeah, yeah. we had Grant Williams on the show. Right. He was like, guys will break down how, you know, and he was like, if you get in that 10 to 12 <laughs> range, it's it definitely gets, like, uh, it gets you know, uncomfortable. Of yeah, course. Yeah. I mean, because it's damn near like you was the one that let him get going. Yeah. I mean, if you really know the game and the guys that's watching the game, everybody know what's going on. We know who's the guy that got this guy going. Yeah. We know who let him, who fucked up on the coverages or whatever, the mistakes. Everybody knows what's going on. Okay. The second one was Kuzma. He dunked on me. <laughs> no way. Okay. Kuz got me. Yeah, yeah, he got yeah. me. But, uh, I mean, that was a difference for me going to playing in a G, from the G League and in Mexico to playing in a league. Like, the bigs in Mexico are 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, mm. um, they're not athletic like that. Yeah. So, when you got a 6'8", six, 6'9", six, 6'10", six, guy who can move like a guard and is athletic like that, it's different. Like, the levels is different. Yeah. The bigs in the NBA, seven feet, seven two, as opposed, like I said, in Mexico, six eight. Kuz was in a national game, and what color was Kuz's hair at that point? I have no okay. idea. Because <laughs> like, if it's the janky hair of Kuz, I probably would take that more personally than just like the regular main. But I actually asked him one game, probably two years ago. 
I said, bro, like, why you keep doing that to your He just looked at me and smirked. But, you know, I mean, one thing I can't say is, like, some of it is outlandish, but, like, I mean, I'll, like, something like that, I'll look out on my phone, I'll be like, what the fuck is he doing? But now I'll sit there and tell my girl, I'll be like, I respect it, because, like, at least he being himself. Yeah, for sure. In the world of people who are afraid to be themselves and are always trying to gain, like, acceptance from the world who will fucking flip on you tomorrow or in two seconds, like, why are you even trying to gain acceptance from... You know, people. So I mean, I got respect for him for just being himself. Or would you ever rock that long sleeve, no. pink, the pink sweater? No blonde for you. No blonde. Nah. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I thought about it once before, and my girl's like, "Nah, <laughs> that's not for you. I'm too much of a. Uh, I'm not yeah, light. I'm not light skinned enough for that. Oh, yeah. for real? Okay, okay. You know, and, I don't. I don't got light skin you're... tendencies yeah. like that. <laughs> that's, I respect it. You know, <laughs> I got some dark skin tendencies. <laughs> that's East Oakland. Real though. East I mean, Oakland. You already know. You're a real legend. You're a real one. So you talk about it showing up to practice competing for your job every day what's that like going against i don't know four or five hall of famers in the building when you're with the warriors what are those practices like for you to show up and you got you know steph clay draymond you get all all these guys what's that like it's cool i mean i appreciate those moments i mean well let's just keep it real uh, a lot of guys are scared to guard the guys because they don't want to get embarrassed yeah a lot of guys are scared to guard period because they don't want to get embarrassed me i'm not afraid to get broken down. I'm not afraid to get dunked on. That's why I jump with guys. So, okay, on top of that, there's nobody in the gym watching. It's just yeah. us, the team. Right, right. So I really get the opportunity to really test my defensive skills, to test my basketball skills against these guys. I mean, these are the greatest guys doing it mm -hmm. right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had a lot of fun. This is dope to me. I mean, shit, I just came from playing in Venezuela where you, got, you can't even leave the hotel unless you got a Marine guard. I just came from playing in – Argentina and Mexico where we going on 30 hour bus rides like this shit is cake to me yeah <laughs> so I, I mean I, I enjoyed it you know what I'm saying like it's cool it's not every day I tell people all the time you don't get to be around greatness all the time yeah they're great yeah 2022 you want to chip what's your favorite moment my favorite moment I got two okay let's go mine personally is uh after we lost I think we lost game one and Draymond came into the locker room and they just, him and Steph, they're just talking, they're talking to us. And like me, I'm always, I'm like a person who uh, understands dynamics. Like we could sit, be here sitting talking and I'll like have an outer body experience and like be watching us type shit. You know what I'm saying? Jeez. Like I'm looking at the room and I'm looking at everybody else and seeing like their body language. And it's like, we went from this to like this, everybody. Cause Draymond and Steph, they ain't sweating. They not tripping. They like, man, we had that game one. Don't even worry about it. We gonna kick their ass. We ain't tripping. This is nothing. Wow. Like, we know we got this. And for me, that was just like, again, you don't get to be around greats. You don't get to be around guys who like that confident in the finals after losing game one, after mm -hmm. playing against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like, those guys, those young kids are really good. Yeah. And they was just like, not bothered. And so that was really cool for me to see. It, those are the experiences when they say, oh, you have championship experience. Because I've gotten to see guys that really do this shit, do it. So what's going through your head? Let's go to game six, right? Third quarter. Steph points at the ring. What's the second reason? We got to hear the oh, second yeah, I want to hear that. Oh, no. Yeah, and this, yeah. The second favorite moment was a parade. Parade, right. best day of my life. That shit was amazing. My did, whole family got to be there with me. It was dope. Do they ask what to stock the bus with? Like, what do you tell them ahead? Or how does that work? What you're uh, drinking on the bus or anything? No, nah, you know, uh, 
Stop the storm, Lo- Lo- Lobos blessed me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lobos blessed it me. Uh, we had about 35 bottles just from Lobos. Sheesh. And we ran through wow. all of those. Everybody else brought <laughs> bottles. Me and Draymond shared the bus together. That was uh, couldn't be any better. I yeah. mean, me and Draymond like this, that's my big brother. And I don't throw that label around so. at all. If you ain't did no big bro shit for me, I'm not going to call you big bro. So, that's my dog. So what's it like? Um, uh, before I had, a, I got another question, but I want to ask, like, it seemed like around game three or four, Draymond was struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he kind of admitted that the fans kind of got to him. But what's it like seeing a dude who's that strong-willed and really kind of one of the leaders on this team really admit and acknowledge that damn Celtics and the Celtics fans had gotten in his head a little bit. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves in this business or in life in general. So when you see somebody whom you look up to and admire, and which I do, I look up to him and admire him, not just for basketball reasons, but when you see him just being human, it's like, damn, I put all this pressure on myself. The GOAT ain't even tripping like that. I mean, you know, he's he going to be a Hall of Famer. Facts. And he not that's, even that's, tripping. We have, we've all had that debate, and it's like, if you don't think Draymond Green's a Hall of Famer, you know nothing about You know nothing role. about hoops. That yeah. I mean, Clay, Dre, and Steph are like lemonade. You got to have the sugar, the water, and the lemons to, for it to be lemonade. If yeah. you don't have one or the other, it ain't going to be lemonade. It ain't going to work the same. Yeah. And they just all complement each other so well that they are not the same without one another. <laughs> but it was very refreshing to see somebody of his caliber just be honest and understand, like, you know, it ain't working for me right now. But he mentioned that Steph had his back. And that was that's dope to see that brotherhood and that camaraderie because you don't see a ton of that in this business. So got to ask you, third quarter, game six, Steph points at the ring. I mean, I feel like I'm <laughs> light-skinned, you light-skinned. In light-skinned history, that moment. <laughs> but, the, but just the level of cojones it takes to know in the third quarter this shit is over. Yeah. What are you thinking when you see that? Are you like, oh, okay, well, shit. It's over. Yeah, let me get this champagne ready. It's just, I mean, I'm still, I remember we, we saw that. It was just like, what the, what, like, damn, this motherfucker yeah. pointing at his I got drink. chills, bro. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They almost shed a light-skinned tear. Like, <laughs> and I'm a LeBron guy, so it takes a lot. But I'm just, but like, just to see, be in that moment in Boston, like, all right, this thing is done. Yeah, I mean, with him, it's like, it's crazy because you really don't see I mean, I've only been in the league for three whole years, and I have yet to see somebody that just puts it up like him. Mm-hmm. Like, he can run 17 points off, and you don't even realize it's 17 points because it's happening in a minute and 30 seconds. And so when he's in his zone, like, you know when he in his zone, and he don't do shit like that. He's not an arrogant person. Yeah. Like, when you push him to that point, when you make him mad, he's trying to prove a point or like he in his own, then that type of sauce comes out. You know what I'm saying? So when he was doing that, I knew it was over because when Steph in his own, nobody stopped him. Can't nobody guard him, bro. Not nobody. Not a soul in the NBA could guard him. We had Grant Williams on the show. He said- Can't guard him. <laughs> my bad, Grant. Hey, shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that's my guy. With all, due, with all due respect, though, but like, yeah, Steph, that dude. So we just had Grant Williams on the show. He mentioned game four. Steph has this like out of body experience, goes crazy, and they were celebrating. You guys were celebrating, rather. And Grant sort of was like, damn, like they kind of know that they had taken one from us, that the momentum sort of shifted. What was that sort of like for you within that, that final series? They're so experienced, and when I say they, uh, like uh, Dre, Steph, Clay, they're so experienced. It's just kind of like when they got control of the situation, control of the reins, it's really no, like, shift in the tide. I mean, I know I was on the team, so I probably seem a little biased, but, like, it, that's the difference there. That's yeah. why they're so great. So once they felt that way, I mean, you're just going to follow your leaders. You're going to follow the big dogs. And was, was it, like, a little bit like a collective, like, like you guys could take a breath after that game? 
I don't think we took take a breath. I, they all we always knew we were a better team. Yeah, I think we were the best team from top to bottom in the NBA, and we knew that very early on. We knew that actually when the season first started, probably really? through like the first ten games. Oh, yeah, yeah, we knew that. I mean, <clears throat> like I said, I wasn't playing. Damian Lee wasn't playing. Uh, Gary was hurt to start the season. Nemanja Bjelica wasn't playing. Like these are all guys who can play. Yeah. I mean, these are guys who are at the end of your bench. Um, and so we knew from the top to bottom we were the be- best team, and you know we knew. That we let game one get away from us. But once we got control of the situation, I think everything was just curtains after that. So let's talk about this offseason. You make probably the best decision in your basketball career. Uh, Going to the Lakers, teaming up with LeBron Raymond James Sr., Anthony Davis, and that whole crew. Just wonder, what was your first interaction with Bron like after, you know, the paperwork was signed and you were actually on the Lakers? It was cool. Um, I'm a cool dude, man. Bron's a cool dude. I'm more of a nigga, I stay in my lane, I stay out of people's way. So like our I allow our, our relationship to grow organically. Okay. Like I'm not gonna force it. I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to be their friend because I'm not trying I'm not here to make friends. Okay. Um but I'm also not here to be antisocial either. Okay. Like I just allow relationships to grow organically. He a cool dude. I fuck with Bron. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you guys both have a love of Lobos, so that's... that's, that's <laughs> I got a love of tequila. Madden, okay. you know, get in there. I got right? a love of tequila, okay. but yeah, shout out to Lobos, they bless me. AD's been going crazy, you feel me? Oh man, he putting up numbers, but I'm not impressed, AD, I need a hundred from you. A uh, hundred, that's what we all... <laughs> I told him he got to go get a hundred, why not? <clears throat> Is this the oh, best basketball you've ever seen out of AD? I mean, he I mean, had some years in, with some, the Pelicans. Yeah, some great years. Yeah. I mean... You know, let's let's just act like we are prisoners of the moment. So For let's sure. just, you know, let's talk about what's going on now. I think this is very good basketball. Um, I'm glad to see him playing the way he's playing. Um, obviously, two years ago, three years ago, he was in that top five category. For sure. Um, and it, it's very obviously, I'm his teammate, so it's very refreshing and exciting to see. But I like to see people doing well. The nigga's nice, man. Facts. <laughs> he can get to it. He's nice. I mean, in your career, you got an opportunity to play with Steph. You got the opportunity to play with LeBron. Obviously, two of the greatest players to ever play the game. You've really gotten an inside look at the work that they put in to be the masters of their craft. So I want to know, what have you learned from Steph and what have you learned from LeBron about what it takes to be great? It's literally um, a nonstop process. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. Uh, When I first started playing pro, I would go lift, go to the gym, stretch maybe, and then my day would be done at noon, 1 o'clock. It's the day in there all day. <laughs> Literally. I mean, if we got a 12 o'clock practice, Brian's probably in there at 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock. He going to lift, get his work, get a massage, do something else, eat, get another massage. Like, after practice, I'm sure he's doing his own thing. Um, Steph was in there all day, lifting for like three hours. Um, I mean, he's working on so much, his ankles, his wrists, like – they're just paying extra attention detail to all this little shit. Like, you know, Steph fucked up his wrist, so he's in there doing extra wrist work, got bad, had bad ankles, doing extra ankle work, core work, all that stuff. All that stuff matters. Um, and that's what I started to realize. All, everything matters, the way you eat, the way you sleep, what you're putting you know, your body through on a day-to-day basis. It's more than just the actual basketball aspect because your best ability is your availability. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I ain't been able to get on the court this year because I've been having these little dumbass, you know, sprained ankle, whatever, but I ain't been available. So it don't even matter what I can do on the court because I'm not even available. So, um, you know, that's one thing I, it's, I'm seeing from these greats is how much they take care of their body. You know, I was getting a massage once every three weeks before. Now I'm getting a massage once every three, four days. 
Mm. You know, for sure. Like, uh, I'm taking care of my body at a different level. And I obviously want to play this game a little bit longer. I want to get as much money as I can out of it. <laughs> nah, shit. We want you to get as much money as you <laughs> can, for too. Sure, for <laughs> sure. Being a part of the Clutch family, what's the difference between, you know, Rich Paul and other agents? I think the biggest thing is, like, for me, I just feel like I can relate to him more. Mm. And that's not to take anything away from my previous agents. I had some great, you know, yeah. previous agents. But... There's just a, a more relatable factor. I feel like he understand me, um, one, because he's been so close to the game. You know, not just basketball, the game itself. Oh, yeah. The sauce, the oh, urban culture. Oh, you know. You're, you, know you know what I'm know. saying? Soul, you know, I know. <laughs> no, there's, I mean, the game is universal. Yes, yes, the game is universal, bro. It don't matter if you're in a drug game. It don't matter if you hooping. You know, like, you got to respect the game. Yeah. There's levels in the game, you know, and he going to give you the game. You know, like there's a different understanding when I'm talking to him. He's not just telling me stuff. He's breaking it down for me. Uh, it's, just, it's just different, man. It's it's more relatable. It feels like the players that are underneath the clutch uh, agency all sort of support each other, no matter what team they're on. And I think that's a really unique dynamic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like it's like a family. Um, I, I've only been with clutch for you know half a year now, but I've been really close more or less. I mean, me and Draymond are, were really close when I was up at Golden State. We pretty much spent every single day together. So I was able to see things from a, you know, secondhand experience through him um, and see how they interact and how they supported him and all of that. Um, and now being a part of it, I mean, the the support is second to none. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done so much with Clutch and through Clutch. More with Clutch in the six months than I've done with probably all of my other agencies collectively Whoa. to, you know. Okay, that's camaraderie uh, and teamwork. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. Uh, I'm lucky to be, you know, a part of that team for sure. So let's talk about the Lakers right now. Uh, it, it was painful for us to watch a little bit early on. Team I can imagine. <laughs> but, real, but we knew. <laughs> we might have hated for a little bit. It was dry hate. It wasn't really well seasoned, but. <laughs> you played, you know, you go and smack the Bucks in Milwaukee, uh, come back on the Sixers, obviously lose that game in OT, trick off the 17-point lead to the Pacers, down 20 to the Celtics, come back, take a lead, trick that one off in OT. It seems like this team is, is so close to kind of just figuring it out and knowing that they can compete with anybody in the league. Right. So I want to know from, from your inside vantage point, you know, we've had a, a playoff drought. Do you feel like the Lakers are a playoff team? Yes. Okay. Can y'all win a series? Yes. Can y'all win two? Yes. Okay, well, shit. Let's oh. keep this shit going. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and say that we are going to do that, okay. but it's kind of like, back to my analogy with the whole lemonade thing, like you're looking for the perfect concoction. Mm -hmm. I mean, basketball is not just X's and O's. You're looking for everything that works well together, you know, the spacing, the timing, everybody plays differently. And I think going back to, you know, everybody's new here for the most part. Yeah. Uh, new coaching staff. 80% of the roster is new here. Like we all trying to figure it out. We all trying to figure the offense out. And I think some games we've been able to click and some day, some games it's kind of like, ah, what's that missing piece? Where, you know, where are we overcompensating? Where are we not, you know, not putting enough in? Um, and I think that's the growing pains of the season. That's what the regular season is for is that, you know, you figure the regular season is obviously to compete, but it's to figure it out. So when you get to that point, when you are one of those teams in the playoffs now, we rolling with what we got, and this is what's been working for us, and this we're going to ride with it, and either it's going to work or it's not. And I feel like when we are at our best, I think we can win some series for sure. I don't see many teams being better than us if they are better than us, that much better than us. I was hoping you would say that. 
<laughs> you've played with unbelievable trash talkers. Who in the league was like the first guy to talk shit to you? Draymond. Draymond. Oh, for yes. real? Even on your own team. On my own team. <laughs> when I first got to Golden State, I didn't think Draymond liked me. Really? <laughs> it's like the Buzz Williams thing, though, testing you. Yeah, for sure. And me, like, I'm I'm more like a, I'm a quiet guy. I don't really fuck with nobody unless you fuck with me. But once you turn me up, I go from zero to 100 real fast. East <laughs> Oakland comes out of you. But I don't fuck with nobody. Okay. Like, I stay in my zone. I stay in my lane. I don't want no problems. For sure. I don't, I'm not looking for smoke. Yeah. shit ain't and sweet, I ain't though. ducking no smoke. <laughs> shit ain't sweet. That's right, important. right. You know what I'm saying? And so for him, like, it was just like, like I said, same thing with Brian. Like, I ain't forcing no relationships. I stay in my lane. We're going to be cool if we're going to be cool. If we not, we're here to work, blah, blah, blah. So when I first got there, I didn't really think he fucked with me. We was talking shit. I start talking shit back to him. And I think he just kind of respected that because most people are intimidated by Draymond. I mean, he's Draymond Green. He talks shit. A lot of people ain't built to talk shit, first of all. Yeah. And then second of all, a lot of people can't back that shit up. <laughs> Me, I'm a talk shit, and I'm not afraid to get my ass whooped. So I'm not saying you're going to whoop my ass, but I'll, what I'm saying is I'm not afraid to fight. For sure. You know what I'm saying? I'm not afraid to cross that line. Do you feel like, obviously, Draymond from Saginaw, Michigan, that produces a certain level of human being. You from East Oakland, that produces a certain level of human being. At some point, Draymond was like, all right, this dude from East Oakland, so you know, I'm not really going to keep trying to test him. I'm going to go test the dude from I don't even think it was that. I just, I just think we – I just I don't even think it was that. I just think it was more like, like why fight with you? We could fight together. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? That's and that's when we, when I was on my two way year when we, you know, we was the year I got the contract. I mean, it was me and him out there. He was the five, I was the four, and we was rocking. It was a lot of fun. I, I had a lot of fun playing alongside of him. I mean, <clears throat> he gonna have your back, he gonna talk shit. I'm gonna talk shit, I'm gonna have his back. And I think that's why we hit it off. It's cause we two, two peas in a pod, man. We very similar. I mean, I said for a long time, Draymond's that guy that when he's not on your team, you, you, you hate, hate his him. Guts. But at any point when he comes to the Lakers, Draymond, we're going to make this happen. Yeah. At any point, Bro, wait, we're going to reunite. Wait, is this tampering? Wait. No, no, no. Yeah, no, tampering. No, Players can't right. tamper. Players, we are, oh, we are no, not affiliated. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we are not affiliated with any organization. Yeah. Okay, sure. we are We are wave buckets out of pocket. <laughs> you're going you know? to get a Venmo from right, him right. when the league comes. I'm tampering, I'm Adam. My bad. I'm close to having it, though. So if the fine comes, let me know. I can definitely put something on it. I'm close. I'm close. I'm close. I'm not. There's a six to twelve months away. <clears throat> okay, let up. kind of set me back a little bit, but <laughs> we're gonna get it back. SBF, I'm looking for you, dog. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, Juan. Appreciate you, my G. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all for having thank me. You, thank, thank you. Hey, thank you for pulling of up. Of course, Zach. We, I, I got to see the dab. You got to lean in. I'm too let's far. See, let's see. Pressure, yes, pressure. Yes, Zach. Oh, yes. Cool. Good dab with a real East Oakland legend. You feel me? The internet was questioning your boogie cousins dab. I'm gonna give that a nine point seven. I'm getting killed. Good, bro. You come to the Zuka. outside and the cookout. You good. There we go. There we go. You gave me the handshake. He oh, came in low, though. It's I know, I know. Came, I had the dog. It was you my know fault. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. It was my fault. New episodes drop every Friday. You can watch it on YouTube at Buckets. You can listen to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher if you use that. Uh, follow us at Buckets on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Thanks for tapping in. Thank you.